The Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast is brought to you by Blue Pineapple Travel. Blue Pineapple Travel are experienced travel agents who help you design the perfect trip. They're all well-traveled and knowledgeable, and they will be your advocates from start to finish. The world is a lot different these days, and the agents at Blue Pineapple Travel are ready to help you safely navigate it. From helping you figure out the conscientious destinations to helping you figure out entry protocols for different countries, the agents at Blue Pineapple Travel are there for you. Looking to work abroad for an extended period of time? Looking to attend virtual school from a remote location? These are all things that Blue Pineapple Travel can help you do. Again, their website is bluepineappletravel.com. The Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast is also brought to you by ITL Coaching and Performance. You can find them at itlcoaching.com. ITL Coaching and Performance exists to build a community of athletes set on reaching goals and serving the community. They have a passion for helping people achieve their goals and dreams. ITL coaches are real people with phones, emails, and the desire to spend time with you during your training. They are vested in their ITL athletes. ITL takes a communal approach to coaching, so there's always someone available to answer questions and to help adjust your training schedule. An ITL coach would be glad to meet with you and to chat about your goals and find the best plan to help you meet those goals. Again, their website is itlcoaching.com. And finally, the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast is also brought to you by SlayRx. You can find those good folks at www.slayrx.com. Are you needing a pleasant spark to take your endurance game to the next level? Are you needing an all-natural, high-quality, customized hydration powder with or without sugar to stave off cramping and dehydration? Are you in need of an effective all-in-one fuel to slay your endurance efforts? Look no more. SlayRx. SlayRx has a really good line of products to serve our most pleasant exhaustion podcast listeners. Let's start with Michelle's favorite, Spark Plug, which replaces sports gel and gross post-race trips to the Porta Johns. It's a poppin' electrolyte powder in small, easily carried tubes. There's also an all-in-one endurance fuel. It has all of your electrolytes, clean fuel, and for no extra cost, your essential amino acids with or without caffeine. And it costs about one-third as much as other brands' combo rocket fuels. Finally, they have my favorite, SlayRx Hydrate Powder, which comes with or without sugar and varying strengths of electrolytes based on your individual needs. They can find those individual needs on the free quiz online at SlayRx.com or with in-person testing like Patrick and I did at their headquarters on podcast episode number 114. Hydrate is the fuel that I use during the Blue Ridge Relay this year, and I recommend it for all of you as well. SlayRx products are 100% natural, come in great flavors, are vegan friendly, and the Hydrate Light is keto friendly. They've all been well researched and developed by a UGA Foo scientist who's also an Ironman athlete. The products are tested by the pros and endorsed by your fellow endurance athletes and hardworking folks in the community. The free sweat quiz and their products can be found at SlayRx.com, on Amazon.com, or at your local run and bike shop if it's available. You can use the code PLEASANT22 for 10% off at their website. Thanks to SlayRx for sponsoring us, y'all. Give them a try. We appreciate our sponsors, and thanks to all of them for helping us bring you the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast, brought to you by ITL Coaching Performance, Blue Pineapple Travel, and Slay RX. My name is George Darden. I'm an endurance athlete and coach in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm the father of twin boys, and I'm a college professor. My name is Michelle Frank. I'm also an endurance athlete in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm a mom to three girls and a CPA. And my name is Eric Hall. I'm an endurance athlete and coach in Raleigh, North Carolina the father to three college students and the husband to a beautiful wife, Melissa. 
Happy New Year, my friends. I am glad to be here with both of you. It is New Year's Eve, actually. It's Saturday morning of New Year's Eve, and this is an odd time for us to be recording, but as we have found over the course of the past uh, couple of years, including here in 2022, between all of us being family people and having jobs, and for that matter, being endurance athletes, it can sometimes be hard to sync up our schedule. So I'm glad we were able to find the time here on the last day of 2022 to reflect on our 2022 together. Uh, Happy New Year, y'all. And Happy New Year back to you, George. Happy New Year, George. Happy New Year, Eric. I think I'm actually going to have the best New Year's Eve. We're just not actually up to the Eve part of New Year's yet. So, But I'm going to Atlanta Symphony Orchestra and Indigo Girls tonight. Ah, very nice. I went to the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra on New Year's Eve of 1999, 1999-2000. Um, and I remember it well, going outside in midtown. I was a senior in high school then. So, so, <laughs> <laughs> so very good. I was a high school teacher. <laughs> very good. Your last big workout, Michelle, was yesterday, right? Your last big workout of the year? Yeah, I just came back. We flew in Thursday evening from five days in Florida. And I had to get in uh, 22 miles with a big climb at the end on trails give or take five miles. I'm assuming she (laughs) knows I would never go five miles on the plus side of 22, but just based on the week that I had had, you know, it could be whatever, 17, 22, as long as I just got a big climb at the end. So I had planned to do it on Sunday, um, but I did not want to carry it with me for the weekend. I thought it would really inhibit my experience tonight. Um, Yeah. You, so you, I, you, you you tend to, as we've talked about before, you tend to carry the weight of of a run. Like, yeah, like you tend to I, worry about it and brood over it and things like that when it's when it hangs over your head a little bit. And I just absolutely love uh, getting in a long run on a Friday because I have the whole weekend kind of free and clear and can quote unquote sleep in. Not that I really sleep in, but just the mentality of just waking up on my own and you know not having to roll out and pack up and do a long run. But yeah, so I did it yesterday. Um, I, I gambled with dehydration and exhaustion from the trip, but it worked out pretty well. So very good. Very good. Good to hear. And while we're talking about like your year end runs here, I have to say, you are the person as everybody who listens to this podcast knows who raves about how great cold weather is and about how you wish it was just so cold all the time. That was put to the test last week here in the American South when you went out and ran how far um, when it was six degrees outside? Yeah, so I had a 12-mile run, and it was stupid, actually. I was, <laughs> um, I, I convinced, uh, you know, previous guest, friend of the podcast, Dara, to, I sent her a text message, I think, at 6 a.m., and like, are you running today? And there's no reason to go outside. It's really, it's just too cold. I'm just going to do it inside. And I'm like, well, can I interest you in some one minute pickups? And we were cold. We were unbelievably cold. It was so windy that there was a point where the wind was so strong, where it was just, it felt like we were walking, but we were being pushed backwards. Um, And I was too cold. Honestly, I thought about stopping and calling an Uber, but waiting for the uber i felt like i would freeze just because i was saturated in sweat and it was it was cold i was that is the worst that That is the absolute worst you finish a run you're already cold Mm -hmm. and then you get hit with the i'm no longer generating heat Mm -hmm. and i'm still in the cold so i I feel for you there michelle Mm -hmm. so i like the cold weather i think i met my my limit in terms of 
at least maybe the way that I dressed or what I was prepared for, it was definitely that real feel of, you know, almost zero degrees was, was pretty serious. I, I will continue to give you a hard time about this for the next several months. So one of my 2023 resolutions, which we'll discuss here, is to continually bring up Michelle's cold weather run uh, because you texted us several times over the course of that day about how you you were cold and you were still cold and you were wearing all the clothing that you had and, and some of that. I think in the conversation back and forth that morning before I headed out, I said something like, what's the problem? It's just cold. Exactly. You, you said you said you said it's cold. What's the issue? <laughs> I think yeah, I do yeah. remember this clearly. I uh, I found the issue. <laughs> exactly. I had a friend uh, who reached out to me uh, on that Friday night and said, "Are you running tomorrow morning?" Oh uh, yeah, Saturday morning. And I wrote back, "No." And that was the end of the conversation. Like, he didn't try to talk me into it or anything else like that. Um, and then he, I circled around on Strava a day or two later and saw that he ran 20 miles when it was seven degrees outside or something like that. Just something insane. And I wrote back to him and I said, dude, if you would have told me you're running 20 miles, I would have changed some plans and like join you for a little bit of it. Maybe. Yeah. Right you now. Know, My last big workout was this morning. It was inside. So uh, even though the weather has certainly improved over the course of the past week here in, in the Atlanta area. Um, but I did the uh, the Zwift Grand Fondo and it went well. Eric, what about you, man? Final workouts of the year. Are you done with 2022 yet or what? I have one more um, today. I'll do one more ride, I think. Um, I, I may do a run, but I think I'm going to do a ride just based on the weather and the other things I've got going on today. Because mm -hmm. if I do a run, I want to go off-road and there's the whole rigmarole of getting in the car, getting out to the trail and then running and then coming back. And I, I don't have that extra hour and a half mm -hmm. in my day today. Yeah. So I'm probably just going to put in a, a solid, you know, two and a half hour ride. Mm -hmm. That's my goal. Sounds um, good, man. Think, Sounds good. I was hoping that my big end of the year run would be my Kennesaw uh, run that I did down in Atlanta a couple days ago. Yeah. But um, ankle, my ankle hadn't recovered yet. So oh, okay. that wasn't that wasn't in the in the cards. Gotcha. But, Gotcha. My, my so so you you were in this area. We, we weren't able to link up, unfortunately, when you were down here, and that's cool. But uh, I I ran at Kennesaw on Thursday as well, and uh, it's funny because I I took a pretty solid spill right around halfway of my halfway through my run on Thursday, um, and banged up my knee a little bit and cut up my hand some and that sort of thing. Um, and so I didn't set out for that run on Thursday necessarily be the last few miles that I got in 2022, but that's the way it worked out. <laughs> Um, so, so I figured that, that running on Friday and Saturday on a sore knee was probably not the best thing to do. It has been a good year for me though. Um, as I reflect back over the year, I mean, I've known for the past month or so that, that we were going to be talking about and reflecting on our year during this podcast and that sort of thing. It's been a good year for me running wise. Um, I won my first marathon. I won several local road races. I, I won some trail races, um, uh, we won the Ragnar relay, um, Eric's team and my team won the, uh, the, the tobacco road relay. Um, I performed better in the blue Ridge relay than I have in the five, four previous times that I had done it. Um, and I PR'd at the London marathon. Um, uh, I found that, that this year, uh, just barely, I got more running miles than I've gotten in any year since probably the nineties. Um, so if I go back to all the way back to 2011, which is the last, which is the first year that I really started kind of keeping track, um, I, this was the most miles since 2011, but I only got three miles more 
than what I got in 2019. In 2019, I got 1,563 miles, and this year I got 1,566 miles. And so, so yeah, I think I'll, I'll remember 2022 very fondly in terms of, of how I performed and, and whether it was a good year for me training-wise and running-wise. Michelle, good year for you? Well, no, it, it wasn't a good year. My, my year was really focused on um, career stuff and life stuff. Mm. And I would say that I'm, I'm proud of just keeping going, um, but like keeping running a big part of my year, but it wasn't a good year in terms of, you know, any amazing mileage or race results or anything like that. But I think just to come out of the year, you know, still whatever 43 ish miles a week for the last several weeks and not being broken, <laughs> uh, and, you know, having really built my firm, at least to a place where I've got the model that I want and uh, the revenue that I hoped for at the end of the first year. Running just wasn't the priority, but I'm happy that it kind of just stuck with me or I stuck with it. So I think that's great. I think that's great. Um, Eric, good year, 2022? I'd call it a, as good a year as it could be for the conditions that I was I was under. You know, I, I, I started the year injured from the previous year, and then I finally took some time off to recover. Um, that put a pretty big damper, you know, on, you know, just training overall. And I think sort of my attitude towards, towards exercise, mm-hmm. um, tried to recover for uh, Blue Ridge Relay. And that was a little bit of a struggle. The Blue Ridge itself was a little bit of a struggle. And then I've kind of like, muddled through the rest of the year, I'd say. So I, I wouldn't call it a great year. I would, I'd call uh, 2021 was, was definitely a better year. I, okay. I would say that. Um, I'm hoping that, you know, rolling into 2023, I've got some lessons learned and um, I'm figuring some things out, um, getting in a better routine. So I think I would say this, it wasn't the best year. It was the best year it could be for the conditions that yeah. I dealt with. And um, I'm optimistic about 2023. Cool. Cool. Very good. Very good. Um, let's talk a little bit about 2023 then, because that seems like a good segue. Um, you say you're optimistic about 2023, Eric. What's on the calendar for 2023? So right now, the first thing on the calendar is on the 28th, uh, Mountain Mist. Mist. Baby. Yeah. So the, the 50K that I think this is the first race we would ever all enter together, the three it of is. us. Yeah. So I, I, and by the way, I'm on board for making this like an annual thing, not no, Mount no, Mist, no. not, not Mount Mist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, but you know, last year in December, the three of us plus friend of the podcast Lauren Fogarty all got together and ran a workout in December, and then this year the three of us um, are getting together to run Mountain Mist in January. Uh, Lauren ardently refused to do that. Um, she's probably the smartest of the four of us. Um, I'm I'm on board for for all of us like choosing something that we we run together over the course of the next several years. I'm 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 in favor of making this a potential tradition. But just saying. Anyway, keep going, Eric. Right. So that's the first thing, and then the next thing is I'm signed up for Peyton's Wild and Wacky 10 by 5K. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited about that. Um, and that's pretty much it as far as things I'm signed up for. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll probably, we will probably also sign up for an early March before Peyton's, 
the uh, Naked Mountain uh, run, which uh, it happened on Melissa's birthday last year, and Grace you Melissa run and I ran it last year. No, it's it's no, <laughs> it's it's the Naked Mountain. So it's it's the actual uh, mountain. So the Naked Mountain Ultra. So we'll probably do you that. Should, I think you should show up naked and just say, "Oh, my bad, I misunderstood." That sounds like a George thing to do, <laughs> or to recommend. George, but. everybody wants that as much as everybody wants the underwear run in Kona. Okay. So, dude, the underwear run in Kona is super popular. I never did it because I think it's completely ridiculous. But exactly. But yeah. No. Um, anyway, keep going. Um, so, Naked Mountain. But, then what? So that's about it. You know. So it's really uh, Mountain Mist, and Blue Ridge Relay. Yeah, Naked Mountain, Mountain Mist, the. Um, the 10 by 5k and then blue ridge is all i have on the calendar i mean we've talked about tobacco road again so mm-hmm. uh throw tobacco road in there you know you've you got a pretty good that's a pretty good set of races um I, i'll probably throw a, a 50 and 100 in there also i, I don't want to do like i don't want to plan for three or four of those or anything but i haven't picked them out okay um there's a possibility we'll go out to leadville with uh grace this summer uh she wants to run the leadville 50 and qualify for the the 100 mm-hmm. and then run the 100 so uh if she does that there's pretty much a 100 percent chance that i'll go out and do that also cool there so or accrue her for the 100 and run the 50 with her so okay here, here here's my tough question for you eric so as we're talking about like last year or 2022 and as we're talking about like what you have looking forward to in 2023 and i think i know what your answer is but i want to ask you this anyway is there any part of you that looks back on the delirium ultra uh where you ran 96 miles and you say i should have gotten four more miles like now with the with the uh benefit of two more months of of hindsight and reflecting on that race because at the time you're like no yeah I'm, I'm good 96 miles is there any part of you that that you're like i should have stuck it out and done one more lap uh it would have been two more laps mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um so I, I would say i've had that thought come across my mind but it's so fleeting that it's not really it doesn't mm-hmm. I, I, I've learned this one thing I've learned this year is um, is to not define myself with my athletic accomplishments as much as I probably have in the past. Mm-hmm. And that's because I've kind of struggled. Right. And I, I've had to say, OK, well, I didn't have the best Blue Ridge relay I've ever had, but I actually finished it and I wasn't really in the shape that should have <laughs> set me up for finishing it you know um so that's more of what i've you know defined myself as someone who doesn't quit someone who can push through these things someone who can figure out what the problem is and try to you know recover from it fix it Mm -hmm. so uh that one though no i remember just how bad i felt this this actually came up you know this i popped through my mind yesterday right before i walked out the door to go for my run yesterday and what i remember was not being able to get up after I sat down, like I wasn't able to get up. Mm-hmm. And um, what reminded me of it was I put on uh, the shoes that I ran the race in. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and so I kind of saw some of the dirt, you know, some of the dirt markings from the race on them. And I was like, I was like, yeah, you know, I just missed 100 miles. And but it was really fleeting, because I remembered just how bad I felt. And I said, you know, I think it was, it was a testament to my training that got me to 96 miles. Mm-hmm. And 100 is just a number. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So it's not as if 96 miles is nothing. <laughs> you know? No, no, we put these, but we put these imaginary markers out there. Absolutely. Yeah. No. You know, no, just absolutely. Because... That's precisely why I asked the question, right? Yeah. Um, because those those markers that are that are truly, I mean, they're arbitrary, right? Um, yeah. like a hundred miles, it's one hundred times five thousand two hundred eighty feet. I mean, like, like, why is that matter? Why is that such a such an important thing? Um, and as if ninety six miles is like nothing. Um, but yeah, I was just wondering. The thought has crossed my mind a couple of times too, and I was like, I wonder with two months here of of, of, of perspective and, and and hindsight if he if he thinks about that. Um, Michelle, not so much. So not so much. Right on, right on. Um, Michelle, what are your plans for for twenty twenty three? I actually have plans. I it's so rare for me to have plans, but <laughs> I guess we have a fifty k in about a month. This is the last time. I'm not. This is this is a. Uh, I'm going to do this again and please hold me to this. I don't want to go back to this race a third time. All right. Um, I'm also signed up. I, I don't, I don't either, by the way, like, right. so I need it to be yeah. a good day. I don't need, I need it to be like a feel good run. I don't care about time or place. I just, I need to go back and, you know, uh, rewrite the experience there. Um, in March, I also signed up for the 10 by 5k. I think uh, I was going to cool. do it friend of the podcast mentioned her again, Lauren Fogarty and I signed up together. Mm -hmm. Um, she is in a walking boot right now. So I guess we'll see where she is, but I mean, Eric's a good, you know, I guess if Eric's going to be there, it's, I should probably still go. So <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, and then we have a ultra Ragnar relay in April. Yep. Is that April? That is April. Yeah. Yeah. These are a lot of running plans for me way far in advance. Mm -hmm. Um, I would like to go back to red top. I don't know mm -hmm. how I'm going to feel after, uh, miss, but I just find that race to be fun. The red top rumble in February. Yeah. But it used to sell out all the time real quick mm -hmm. within three or four hours. And yeah. there's still spots open, which I find interesting. So I'm not registered for it. Um, but yeah, after April, after we do this Ragnar, I don't know, I have to kind of think about the rest of the year. There's stuff on my mind, but mm -hmm. I'm not really going to put it on a podcast right now. Gotcha. <laughs> it's well, just thoughts. <laughs> so the, the, the interesting thing to me about the plans that you're talking about that you have made is that, okay, so you got, you, you're talking about potentially doing the Red Top Rumble. You're obviously talking about doing Mountain Mist. You're talking about doing the Ragnar Trail Ultra um, on the same team with, uh, me and with friend of the podcast, Allison Mercer, and with friend of the podcast, uh, Justin Dugan. So, I mean, that's going to be super fun. I'm excited about that. Yeah. That's the reason why I can't do the tobacco road relay again with Eric and with the, with the other, uh, folks from our, from our Blue Ridge relay team, um, because they're the same weekend, but I'm looking forward to that. Um, it's interesting to me that like, these are not, these are all trail and ultra things. Like I've noticed, <laughs> like, like <laughs> if you would have said a year ago, I'd be like, oh yeah, when, when we're talking about 2023, you're, you're going to make more plans than you've ever made before. And they're all going to be trail and ultra races. I mean, I've done the craziest crap recently. We've done shut in. I've been to lookout mountain twice. I've mm -hmm. run up and over Kennesaw three times in the last 10 weeks. Mm -hmm. I just, this is what's on my radar. I think it was mm -hmm. just a a deviation from what I've been doing for the last 10 years. And it yeah. felt like it was enough fun. Uh, and it was motivating to maintain some form of fitness. So 
But so, yeah, so, so is this is this a shift for you? I guess that's my question. Is, is is this the beginning of Michelle, the ultra runner and trail runner, or or is this Michelle, the road marathoner, kind of taking a a, a, a a detour for a little while? That's like a therapy session. We're not. I'm not doing that on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, though? I mean, there's some road marathons that I really want to run just for the experience. Mm-hmm. Um. But I don't, but I want to run them for the experience of like being able to race them. Mm-hmm. But I think I just, throughout the course of life stuff in the pandemic, I lost so much confidence on the roads that this felt like a good way to maybe find a way to get it back. Um, I'd love to run grandma's, which mm-hmm. pretty tough with, um, I guess tax season and you know just what my months look like leading into June and also the weather here but and I'd love to run New York City I don't know how in the world I'm ever going to get into that race so (laughs) I don't know like I would want to go to grandma's really fit and I would want to run New York just for the experience of running New York so I'm not I don't think I'm not done with the roads um I'm not done with them I just I don't have my path back to like road marathon training perfectly planned out. I, I like that training. I feel more fit doing that training, but I think a big part of the last 12 weeks or so is we've done so many races that, you know, I haven't really gotten out there once or twice a week and, and run hard because I'm always seemingly racing on the weekends and then taking five days to recover as in walk down my stairs normally. Um, (laughs) So I miss the grind of, you know, I've had one or two workouts the last three months that it's like, Oh, this feels like I'm marathon training. And it's, Mm. you know, um, but other than that, I haven't really had that at all. So, um, I don't know. Is there a way to like do it all? I don't know. <laughs> well, that's that's actually a really good segue question to talking about me because that's kind of what I'm trying to do, right? Because <laughs> I still very much consider myself a road marathoner. Yeah. Um, all of all of my big targets, all the things that I say that I want to do, I consider myself a road marathoner. And and when I think about okay, what is the list of races that I want to do? The vast majority of them are road marathons. Um, there's a couple. There's two ultras in there one of which is on trails, but has some on roads, one of which is entirely on roads. Um, but all the rest of them are, are, are road marathons, you know? Um, and so I still consider myself a road marathoner, but I'm doing mountain mist with both of y'all, of course, next month. I'm doing the, the Ragnar ultra relay. Um, um, I'm doing Austin, uh, the Austin marathon in February. I'm doing Houston half marathon in just a couple of weeks. Um, and then I'm going to Europe in the first part of March for a vacation and then hopefully I can come back from there and put in some good time and then run a good strolling gym 40 miler, which is on the roads, um, which we talked to Allison Mercer about and which we talked to Pat Benienda about before. Um, uh, and I look forward to doing that. Um, but then, of course, my big event for 2023 is going to be the Berlin Marathon in the last weekend of September. I might put my name in for the I might put my name in. I might sign up for I might register for the New York City Marathon just in hopes that Ellie Kipchoge is going to be there. And, so a really good year to hope for that. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I, Cause I think there's a good chance that he will be. And so, and just to kind of have that option um, and maybe do it. Um, but I don't know that I would actually do it. And I certainly, like you said, I would kind of run it more for fun than I would for, for a time. Um, in 2016, I ran it for a time um, and I, and I had a good race there. 
And so I think I could go back and really enjoy it and enjoy being on the course with yeah. the world record holder, with the GOAT. All right, so speaking of Elliot Kipchoge and being in the same race with him and all that sort of thing, so let's talk real quickly about some pro races over the course of the past uh, year, over the course of 2022. Michelle, you are our resident big <laughs> uh race follower our, our our super fan on the podcast um what were some of or perhaps your very favorite race of 2022 your right. favorite thing so to I watch as a fan like three honorable mentions which are probably quasi obvious but um what really sticks out in my mind but they're just not my favorite would be well I was in Houston in January this year so I was there when Kiara broke the American record in the marathon and that mm-hmm. was really exciting mm-hmm. um, and, and and when Sarah Hall broke the the American record in the half marathon right yeah Sarah Hall set the record in the half marathon that day it was a great day to to be in Houston I had a great time there and I would say that just being part of those records being rewritten was, was really fun. And especially the marathon had stood for so long and, you know, Sarah Hall had been knocking on the door of that half marathon American record. Um, And it's always fun to see her kind of meet a big goal. I would say the second thing that really stands out to me for 2022 was Emily Enfield's comeback. Um, I've just followed her for years and she was a 2016 Olympian and you know has a medal from worlds and underwent like hip surgery I mean a a crazy it's she's crawled her way back and I loved watching her um I loved watching her 2022 and then obviously um in Chicago we have Emily Sisson re-breaking the American record in the marathon which was incredible to watch Um, I think, you know, we've heard the story a million times. Uh, Her coach was basically like, I'll see you in two hours and 18 minutes and anything (laughs) under 219 would have broken Kira's record, which had only stood for less than 10 months. Um, So that was awesome to watch as a fan of the sport. Mm -hmm. But in my mind, 2022 was like the year of Killian. I just... To see somebody go out there and do what he did at Hard Rock and then turn around, you know, 60 days later and do what he did at UTMB. Mm-hmm. And these races were races. Like these were not, you know, like UTMB was not this, he's 30 miles ahead and he's in the lead for hours and hours. Like this, these were incredible races. And um it's, you know, a year for him. He launched a brand, he left a longtime sponsor. And I, I think he just, he gets my vote for, for just performance of the year. And I realize it's two races and not just one, but I cannot, I don't know that we'll ever see that again. I feel like that was just unbelievable greatness. Um, I don't know. I hope I'm not wrong. I mean, maybe I hope I'm wrong. Cause it's, mm-hmm. it's really fun to watch somebody perform at the level that he performed at this past year. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we'll see it again. Um, but yeah, what he did at hard rock and UTMB for me is just nothing tops that. So I, I I think we'll see it again, but no time soon. You know, I mean, I, I think that that because I'm a road marathoner, because I tend to be fans of 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 the road marathoners, of course, like I think of Emily Sisson's record. I think obviously of Elliot Kachogi's record in Berlin. Right. Um, and and in some ways that kind of overshadows Killian Dronay. Um, But yeah, no, I agree. It's we have we have the on the men's side, we have the greatest male marathoner of all time competing at the same time as the greatest trail ultra runner of all time, really. It's hard. <laughs> um, and that's that, you know, that that's a lot of attention to divide <laughs> um, because well, this, they both deserve praise. 
I also, think the scope and the scale of those two things, it's hard to compare them. Mm-hmm. It's almost also, like you need to have the road best race or, or experience and the, the trail ultra best race and experience because mm-hmm. I, um, I, I think, and one is a, I guess they're both actually sustained performance over time that then culminated in a pretty amazing year. Right. Right. Um, and what to Michelle's point, like, I don't think we'll ever see this again. I, I, I disagree. I think we're going to see this more and more now. I think, I think we're hitting an era. Well, I just, and I think we're hitting an era of ultra, especially where the training regimens are maturing the, the understanding of the sport, the industry support of the support, the infrastructure of races that get people into the sport. I think that's all really just getting into mainstream. Whereas marathon has been around for forever literally compared to ultra for forever. And it's, it's, that's all figured out the training plans, the regimen, the technology, you're getting incremental changes and the access, you're not getting any changes to access. Access to marathons is, is huge. But I think the difference is that we'll see more of a shift to these record um, years, these banner years to ultra as opposed to marathon. I think that's an interesting point. Um, yeah, I, I I also think kind of along the same lines too. The the old way of and this is Elliot Kipchoge's method uh, certainly, and it's and it's been super successful for him. He always talks about how you only chase one rabbit at a time. But the 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 old kind of school method of saying I'm going to train for a marathon for six months, I'm going to recover for two weeks, and then I'm going to begin training for the next one, and every single workout is going to be aimed towards that. I mean, that's the way that that I kind of grew up. Um, in, in running certainly. And that, that used to be my mindset. I think that that is very much training, uh, changing. Um, and I think it's changing, uh, certainly in ultra running, you know, thanks to Killian, um, being able to, to put together, string together several really, you know, historic performances in a short period of time. I think it's changing in cycling for sure. Um, with people like, like Matthew Vanderpool and Walt Van Art, who, who achieve at a really high level, across all different types of races from January until November. Um, um, and then even through the transition season as well in cyclocross. So, so yeah, I think that, that that's an interesting point that, that maybe we're going to start seeing even more of these sorts of not just one great race, but like great years, banner years. Um, yeah. Very interesting. Um, my favorite race of the year um, or the, the race that I enjoyed watching the most, I should say, um, because again, like, like you, like Michelle suggested, I can't just say, oh yeah, well, this was a better race than Elliot Kipchoge's 20109 in Berlin. Well, it wasn't necessarily a better race, but a race that I really enjoyed watching this year, um, was when, uh, Grant Fisher in August, um, at the Hercules meet in Monaco, uh, ran 728.2, uh, 728.48 for the 3000 meters, the outdoor 3000 meters and ran a, an American record. Um, we talked about it at the time, uh, they streamed it online. Um, and so I was able to watch it as it happened. Um, and he actually finished third in the race. And so it was fun to watch him like battling and, and for the win. Um, but the incredible thing about it is 728 for 3000 meters um, they were in what appeared to be like a dead sprint. They're running 60 second laps for seven and a half laps. <laughs> um, they, 
you, you become so accustomed to seeing races that are so measured, particularly on the track where they're all kind of holding back. And then they have this massive last 600 meters where, where the fastest pe- sprinters are able to win and to see them from the gun, just running that fast and going after it uh, was fun and fascinating and mind blowing. And yeah, that was definitely my favorite race to watch this year. Um, and I didn't even ruin that one for you, did I? <laughs> I don't think you did. Maybe that's the reason why I enjoyed it so much. <laughs> it's because Michelle didn't text me uh, as the race was happening with spoilers. <laughs> Sorry about that. As, as, as she has been known to do. But that's okay. That's okay, Michelle. It is a small price to pay to, to be friends with such a super fan <laughs> who offers yeah. uh, lots of good uh, uh, insight. Um, let's talk real quickly. Uh, so, so while we're actually continuing to reflect on 2022 here, um, let's talk about Strava in 2022. Um, and so Strava does like their year end stuff in 2022. Um, and they will always publish their, uh, summary results, um, their plenary results from the entire Strava community, which is literally millions upon millions of users around the world. Um, they publish all that stuff together and then, For individuals, they'll say, oh, and here's your individual year in sport, and this is what the year actually looked like for you. Um, And so there were some interesting things, certainly, in all of their combined together stuff. Um, The first one is that um, the number of marathoners um, on Strava actually doubled. The number of people who completed marathons doubled. Um, In some places, like in the Netherlands, it went up almost four times. Um, Here in the United States, it doubled. In Brazil, it doubled. Um, In Great Britain, it was more than double. Um, And so, so a lot more people actually doing um, uh, marathons. Um, likewise, the share of cyclists with at least 100, uh, one 100 mile ride. So the number of cyclists doing at least one century, uh, increased by 22% globally. Um, and so people going out and doing these sort of, uh, big benchmark endurance events, uh, definitely grew over the course of the last year. Um, they found that athletes in pairs went longer in both time and distance than they were solo. Um, and they went even longer usually if they were in a group of three or more. Um, and that was particularly true in January in sort of the dark winter months in the, the Northern hemisphere. Um, there were uh, the share of athletes, this was interesting, but not at all surprising. The share of athletes that uploaded activities outside of their home country was up 101% over last year. Um, and so people were traveling to do events or at least continuing to, to train and to exercise when they were traveling abroad, um, which is something that, you know, during 2021, as we were recovering from from uh, from the, the highest days of the pandemic was certainly not something we would see. Um, the numbers of 2022 were only three percent shy of the pre-pandemic numbers from 2019. And interestingly enough, the country that people actually trained in most often when they were not in their home country. So the most common foreign country for people to upload Strava activities from was Canada. That's interesting. Yeah. Not necessarily what I would have expected, but you know, so. so, Wait, can you say that again? Yeah. So, so if you look at people uploading activities from outside of their home country, Oh, okay. So, so the Canadians mo- most... ran and uploaded. No, road. no. People went to Canada to run and road and oh. hike, all that sort of thing, more than any other country in the world. Hmm. So, so yeah. I mean, yeah. the Canadian Rockies are definitely on my bucket list, but mm-hmm. I'm surprised that 
any other country in the world. That's where people went. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, do we think it's mostly Americans going there because be most Americans use Strava and they're going to camp? Like, that would be my guess. I'm, right? trying, I'm sure. trying to rationalize that though. Like, most I think of most of Strava's roots was in cycling. Mm-hmm. I wonder what the split between cycling uploads and running uploads is, though. In foreign countries or in Canada specifically? In general. In general? Yeah, I don't know. I don't and know. then because I'm trying to decide... it, because they don't they don't share that data because they want to make it look as if they 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 have it's... all the different resources. Because you can you can categorize 32 different activities. Right. You can have skiing, you can have weight training, you can have swimming. There's like all these different things you can do in Strava, right? And so so they definitely don't want to say, oh, we're mostly cyclists. So so yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm just trying to figure out, you know, from running, like why why would Canada be a place that you would run as opposed to, you know, the US, the northern US? Because it's not like well, I guess if you live <laughs> Don't know. I don't yeah. know. It's interesting. Um, but 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 on that note though, uh, and this is the final say about a thing I'll say about, about Strava in general, is that athletes who uploaded two or more sport types um in January, last January. So so ones who did cycling and running. Um, had 75% more active days compared to those who just stick to one activity. Um, and so if you look at it just in terms of hours and activities, people who do more than one sport actually tended to do more activity, which as somebody who does more than one sport, if you will, or at least uploads one more than one sport to, to Strava, uh, I found interesting and of course kind of inspiring. Um, what did your what did your uh, Strava activity look like, Michelle? Well, I can tell you now that I just am sixty dollars poorer because I subscribed <laughs> to yeah, Strava. Yeah, so so Strava, Strava, they decided this year for the first time to make uh, your year in sport, where they give you your own summary. They made it a premium feature for the first time this year. It's really, uh, really, really frustrating. I mean, I've only been on Strava for I think less than two years total, so I only have two thousand twenty-one as my first full year of data. But I do know that at the end of 2020, you know, I had at least the time that I had been on Strava. And then last year, I was able to see the whole year. And it's been a solid month now of Strava basically telling me every single day, if I want to pay, they'll give me 25% off and then I can see my staff. <laughs> and I've said no. But as we round out the year on the podcast, it felt uh, like it was time to just join the dark side. So. <laughs> welcome, Michelle. Welcome. And you even titled your 20 mile run from yesterday, as a matter of fact, happy <laughs> freaking new year, I think it was called. So, was and called you included that. emoji. In fact, now I think about it, you even uploaded a picture as part of that run. So, I, so yeah. Oh yeah, you fully joined the dark side now. Welcome. We are glad um, to have you. I'm actually, I'm only seeing this for the first time, you know, a few minutes ago, but I'm actually shocked that my days active this year were only five less from last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and my total mileage for this year was, I guess, four more miles than last year. Four? Um, yeah, it says, wow, super I mean, close. is that what the screenshot means? It's got an arrow and it says up four from last year. Nice. So, um, and I have about 108,000 feet of elevation climbed, which was mm-hmm. up significantly from last year or so. That I makes don't know. sense, right? I mean, with all the with all these mountain climbs you've been doing, particularly in the back half of the year. Um, did it say that you uh that, that that December was your highest elevation month? It was mine. I didn't see that, but I did see that February was my highest mileage month. I ran yeah. 205 miles, um, which is kind of interesting because what was I doing in February? Nothing. I had run <laughs> Houston in January. I was not on any sort of plan or anything. I don't know. It's interesting. Um, mm-hmm. but 
yeah, I guess it'll be fun to follow this now. I hope they don't make me pay more next year. <laughs> nah, don't worry about it. Um, yeah, I had I had 305 active days, um, which honestly, I had 60 days off. That kind of feels hard to believe. Like, well, I don't remember and I was going to say off. five days a month I took off. That That's hard I had, to believe. Um, I had 80 days off, which if I think about it, I actually, it does feel, I, I felt like I, t I had a lot of zero days this year. Mm -hmm. I just had days where it just... I couldn't, it wasn't happening. Um, yeah. yeah. But when well, I, I think, I think I probably had, so and I could go back and look at this of the 60 days off the 60 zero days I had this year, probably 20 of them have been in the last three months, you know, yeah. um, just at, you know, after my big single event of the year, um, uh, being the London marathon in the first weekend of October. Um, and so, so, and, and not all of them were strategic either. I think I, I definitely had some missed days, but I also had some days that I was like, all right, it's time for me to take some time off. So, yeah. So, yeah. Um, uh, Eric, what about you, man? What did your, your year in sports say about you? So I, I had almost a hundred days off. Hmm. And, and that just kind of, if you look at previous years and whatnot, that blows me away. Mm -hmm. uh, but when you think back to how my year started and then when I finally got you know, okay, I'm going to take time off to uh, recover my hip. Mm -hmm. It makes sense. Yeah. You know, um, it, my my active days from January to May basically just went down. And then June, they started to come back up because I was trying to get ready for, for Blue Ridge. And then July um, really like came back up. I, I took like one day off in July. Mm. <laughs> and, then, and then I kind of you know, stabilized after that. So that makes sense. Um, that was a little, that was a little surprise. I don't know if disappointing is probably not the, the right word. I think it's funny. I don't know if all of our little things, um, like our little videos are the same, but I love the, you know, Strava's like, well, you, you, 268 active days, you know, is that good or bad? You know, who, they don't really know. But then the next thing they put in there is you're in the top 2% of the most right. active people in Strava. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, <laughs> my, mine said, yeah, I was, it was the top 1% most active on Strava. I was like, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. I didn't get that. Yeah. So it's in there. It's in there. It's probably somewhere in there, but then, you know, uh, it, it actually hits like your highlights and, you know, longest activity was mm -hmm. obviously delirium. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, you know, winning the Turkey trot, that was like my fastest road run. Mm -hmm. uh, the rides are a little messed up. I, I, I don't think, um, yeah, I, but mileage wise, like th that was where I was, I was pretty happy, you know, from a cycling standpoint, uh, over 200,000 feet of climbing. Mm -hmm. pretty happy about that considering Absolutely. I actually did uh, most of my rides this year I did um, on the flat circuits because I didn't want to push myself up the hills because most of my rides were recovery rides uh, early in the year when I when I was trying to recover my hip mm -hmm. you know almost 5300 miles you know uh, so I was pretty happy about that mm -hmm. um, running wise um, yeah it's, it, it's, it's kind of it's kind of it kind of reflects your overall takeaway of the year right that you yeah. did that, that you did the best you could given the 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 yeah. hand that you were dealt right yeah um, so i think it it's i i didn't really want to you know i i've never paid for strava either uh michelle um i didn't really want to but i you? wanted to yeah i did I, I wanted to put a stake in the ground with this year to say okay what 
how was this year and then how can next year be better? And that'll lead into what we talk about later about like goals and resolutions for, for yeah. next year, specifically towards sport. So, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Well, what, so one of my resolutions for this year, uh, when we were talking about the Strava year in sport or the, the, the Strava, your year in sport last year was that I saw that the number of kudos that I gave on Strava was like literally about a fifth of the number of kudos that I got in Strava. Uh, yeah, we made and, a lot of we made fun of you for that. Oh yeah, R- rightfully so. <laughs> That's not great. Um, that I was clearly taking much more from the Strava community than I was giving to the Strava community, right? Um, and so one of the things I resolved was to actually give more kudos uh, this year. Um, and I did give more. I gave out about fifty uh, percent more than I gave out last year, which is good. So that's an improvement. Um, and I brought the uh, number or the ratio of kudos received to kudos given from five to one down to about three to one. <laughs> so it's improvement, certainly. But I still think I have a way to go, given that that I got I got three times as many kudos, more than three times as many kudos on Strava as I gave. Um, what did those numbers look like for you, Michelle? What they look like for you, Eric? I think I gave 39 kudos and I got like 2,000. 39? <laughs> hold on. Three, nine? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. I got 1,236 kudos and I, it was very minimal. I'm sorry. I, I did better than last year though, didn't I? I don't know. I feel, well, I do seem to remember that last year it was pretty minimal as well. So Eric. Given uh, 5,800 uh, received Almost 3,000, 2,945. Eric, you are my hero, man. That is I good use, stuff. I use Strava to motivate people, right? That, that I When I see something good out there, when I see someone putting some time in, I want to I give them some kudos for that. Yeah, um, that's good. So, I mean, truly, if I want to close the gap between the number of kudos that I give and the number of kudos received, I might have to break my rule or change my rule or abandon the rule that I have that I don't give kudos to activities that don't have names on them. It's about damn time. If you use the default name, if it's just afternoon run, lunch, weight training, morning swim, like if it's those sorts of things, I don't, I don't give kudos for those. Cause I was like, you need to actually put in the least amount of effort just to change the name. You don't have to upload photos or put comments or anything else like that, but just change the name. Um, so maybe if I want to close that gap, I'm going to have to fix that, but I don't know. We'll see. 39 divided by what are you 50, writing this down? <laughs> to 39 divided by 5,800. <laughs> How many what, times 100? 0.67% of the kudos that Very I gave. Nice. Well, good. the good the good news That's is Michelle good. is that that if you do resolve to start giving more kudos on on uh, on Strava, you could probably improve your annual count just by focusing on that in the first two weeks. So it would be a really achievable PR for 2023. It would be. It would be. Just, if you just gave kudos to George and I, <laughs> you would have over 700 kudos. No, you'd probably have close to 700 kudos. <laughs> For the right year. there you go and and let's just say let's just say that you only give it to us for two-thirds of our activities not even every single one if and George, those us... are just those are active days they don't account for the fact that you do a warm-up a cool down a true. race a ride Absolutely. A run. good point good so point. you're you're over 600 easy you're probably like yeah. 650 maybe so, 700. so you could literally in 
increase your kudos 20 fold by by giving Eric and me kudos on about two thirds of our activities. Okay, I think guys, that, I'll try. Can you put that down I, as a resolution? I see, I see a or is that a goal? That's a goal. Here. I think you need to put that down as a goal. That's I'll absolutely, try. absolutely. Um, so let's talk about good segue into to goals and resolutions here. So I mentioned just a second ago things that only last for 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 two weeks. So um, there's actually a term for this, and I, I never knew this until till just yesterday. Um, Quitters Friday. Have you heard of that before? Um, that that supposedly when people make resolutions, of course, to get in shape or to to lose weight or to eat in a particular fashion or whatever it happens to be, um, most of those resolutions last for about two weeks. And in fact, they last until the second Friday of the year is when they tend to last until. Um, and so the second Friday of the year uh, has come to be known as Quitters Friday. Anyway, that being said, my New Year's resolution last year, you recall, was to try and eat more vegetables at breakfast. Um, and uh, and the the broader thing, the bigger thing was to actually try and eat fewer processed foods at breakfast, like not to eat cereal every single day and not to eat bagels uh, all the other days and stuff like that to try and eat more whole foods for breakfast. Um, and I actually think I was pretty successful with that. Um, I probably had 90% of my breakfast breakfasts uh, this year in 2022 were probably unprocessed foods. Um, fruit and yogurt or eggs or something else like that. I still had cereal from time to time as a treat. Um, but, um, but, but I actually think I was pretty successful on the whole of eating fewer processed foods at breakfast over the course of this year. Didn't have a whole lot of vegetables at breakfast as it turned out. So specifically the resolution didn't work out, but, but the larger principle, I think remained intact throughout 2022. So I was pretty happy about that. Um, Michelle, do you remember what some of your resolutions were last year? No, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't, I'm not big on resolutions. I don't, I don't even, I can't even think of, um, what I would choose for, for 2023, honestly. So Eric, what about you, man? If I remember correctly, last year I had three, um, and they, they came down to, uh, add strength training, mm -hmm. check that box. Uh, we actually built a, a gym down in the basement and, and, and I'm, I'm getting down there once a week. Uh, sometimes twice a week. So I'm not, I'm not where I want to be, but I did add strength training. <laughs> that's great, dude. Yeah. No, that's, that's, so that, that's one of my like resolutions for 2023, but it's one of those quitters Fridays resolutions that I just don't, I don't know that I'm going to follow through on it. Like I, I want to do that, but I just, I, I just, I haven't figured out a good way to get strength training reliably back into my routine since the pandemic began. Um, okay. So, but, that, but, but the fact that you built a gym in your basement, I feel like that's gotta be super helpful, right? It is, you know, yeah. it's, I mean, this time of year, it can get really cold down there, but I actually have a heater down there too. So, mm -hmm. um, but just having the bike right next to and strategically purchased equipment, you know, we bought the, uh, the belt squat. So I have a squat machine in my basement. That's, mm -hmm. you know, you don't need a spotter for it. Right. It, it doesn't put pressure on your back. Mm -hmm. So that you're know, having the bike there and then having the squat machine right next to it. And then, you know, just basically free weights because, mm -hmm. That's, you know, I'm not trying to build muscle. I'm mm -hmm. trying to tone and, and, and strengthen, know, uh, strengthen. And then we have a lot of padded surface for core work and we have, you know, uh, medicine balls. We have the, the, the appropriate gear and the appropriate space. And it's literally right downstairs. Right. On. So, right so on. that worked out really well. Right. On. So that was, that was number one. Yeah. What um, were the other ones? The other ones were recovery, which mm -hmm. I think I did a pretty good job at. I, I don't think I, I probably got like somewhere around the 
five percent i feel in that i i still don't like i don't <laughs> i think in the in the planning stage i know i need to do this recovery stuff but in the mm-hmm. like in the um in the execution stage sometimes i don't mm-hmm. and then that led into the third which was you know better planning mm-hmm. you know uh, trying to establish a routine and i'm basically mm-hmm. carrying well yeah so i think each one of them i made strides uh i still think you know, we talked about this in a previous podcast. Um, my life is still hitting like these flux points where it's hard to plan really well and mm-hmm. that impacts everything else. Sure. Um, so, but I think, you know, my big win for the year is the the strength training portion. Awesome. Very cool. Very cool. But like, like I said, so strength training is one of the things that I have kind of resolved to that I actually don't feel really good about that I'm probably not going to be able to do. Um, so <laughs> That's such a defeatist I mean, attitude. No, but, 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 but I feel, I, but, but I was using it as my segue into saying like, I feel actually better about some of the other stuff. Um, like one of the things that I've resolved to do, be better about is, is taking better, my, better care of myself in terms of going to see doctors for, for well visits. Like mm-hmm. I haven't gotten a physical in a really long time. I don't remember. That's sad, George. I know. I know. Um, I've never seen a cardiologist. Um, uh, and those are things that I probably need to do. Um, and so, so that's something I resolved to do a little bit better. Um, I used to be terrible about going to the dentist and I got into a really good routine with the dentist over the course of the past year and a half. And I think that that has sort of broken the seal for me a little bit to make me feel like, okay, I can do this. I can be someone who actually takes care of themselves. Um, and I think it's just kind of tied into the fact that I'm like, oh, I'm healthy. I'm, I'm so much healthier than everybody else. I don't need to go see the doctor for all the, I still do, you know, that's like a fallacy. So it is. It is. I'm 48 years old. I need to start paying more attention to these sorts of things. And so, um, you know, I, I had mentioned that to my wife and she was like, that's four phone calls. You can make four phone calls before you go back to to, to class, uh, before class begins this semester. Um, and you can set up those appointments and the appointments can be six months from now and you can still will have uh, have have uh, fulfilled your resolution. So uh, make that five that. phone calls. You need to schedule your, your scoling up. <laughs> colonoscopy <laughs> scolonoscopy whatever so, so, colonoscopy. Th- thanks thanks for the reminder buddy i'll look forward to that yeah. um I'll, I'll be sure to mention that and we'll talk about it in great detail on the podcast i'm sure when i do Can we not yeah. talk about that <laughs> much <laughs> like much like friends of the podcast uh brett wellborn and lee ragsdale we can we can message each other leading up to it maybe we can schedule super, it about the same super. time yeah so actually maybe it's a good idea because you remember how how uh uh Michelle joked this year that she was tired of talking about the Blue Ridge Relay by the time the Blue Ridge Relay came around. If, you if, keep if, this on that text thread. She, she will, she will, she will, uh, she will be dying to talk about the Blue Ridge Relay. <laughs> you know, yes. it, it's just like Strava. You're much more likely to do it if you like do it in pairs, right? Strava said most people. Oh, that's a like, fine idea. Activity in pairs. So. so, so what you're saying is that I should upload it on Strava when I actually make these various appointments. Uh, <laughs> and Michelle can give yeah. you a kudos. No, no, note taken, note taken. Um, I also, uh, I also, uh, I'm going to set a reading goal this, this year. Um, I've never set a reading goal before, but, um, I've gotten out of the habit of reading books. Um, and I just read a lot of articles, um, and some articles are necessary and there's a lot of really good articles out there by all means. And so I don't think I read garbage. Um, but, but I, I am setting a book goal this year, um, that I'll track. Um, my wife set a goal to read 52 books in 2022, and she is going to finish her 52nd book today. Um, she actually might have finished it while we were recording this podcast. Um, and so so good for her. Um, but I'm going to set a less ambitious goal than she set this past year um, and achieved this past year. Um, but I look forward to that as too. Um, 
and then I want to try and run a good 5K or 10K at some point over the course of 2023. I haven't run like a really solid 5K or 10K in the last few years um, um, just because it hasn't been the focus. Um, and so I'm going to try and fold that in at some point when I'm in good shape to try and find a good fast 5K or 10K to actually run and run and run one of those. And with that in mind, I'm going to try and go uh, to fold in a lot of sort of faster things into a lot of my workouts over the course of the year. Um, and then my final goal slash resolution um, is that when it comes to all the trainer road playlists that I make for my Wednesday and Friday group workouts, uh, my goal is to include at least one current pop song into most of those trainer road playlists. Um, and that is because several of the people that I ride bikes with are woefully illiterate on current pop music. <laughs> uh, and so i'm going to do what i can to try and, and help them not only appreciate all the music uh from years past but also uh music from years currently uh this was brought into vivid relief this week when the final playlist of the year was top hits of 2022 and and they looked at me blankly throughout the course of the entire workout whenever <laughs> a song came on the playlist even if it was somebody like harry styles who's just like mega star uh, i don't they, they had no idea i wouldn't know harry styles music from Oh, Michelle. So, know, what, like, so what you're saying is that I, I should I should send it to you as well. Okay, good to know. Good to know. All right. So Michelle, your turn. I know you said you're not a big goal slash resolution person here, but uh, are there any sort of specific goals or, or or sort of broader resolutions that you have for 2023? Um, I've spent the besides last... besides giving more kudos to George and Eric on Strava, of course. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I've spent the last <laughs> few months just trying to piece together a bunch of stuff for running. Um, and I would say, you know, the last piece of a puzzle that I think is really important to me, at least um, I'm 41. So as I try to keep running and keep running well in my 40s is the strength training part of it. I've had experience, you know, working one on one with somebody who was <clears throat> very running specific and it was fabulous. And I haven't had that in years. I think over the last few years, I did a lot of my strength training at Orange Theory, but with the rolling background that I have, the erging uh, component of that really just irritates my back. So mm. it's not good for me long-term. Um, so just to try to figure out some sort of strength routine regimen, that's more running specific. I mean, I know, you know, it's a lot of single leg stuff and upper body and core to kind of balance all of it out, but I cannot get into just a regular routine of it. Yeah. Um, and I know what it feels like to be in that. So for me, that's sort of the the last component when it comes to running. Yeah. Um, St strength training is like the specter that haunts me, seriously. Um, I mean, be because, because not only do I have a hard time making myself do it, and not only do I resolve, like I don't just resolve it at the end of the year. I resolve it multiple times throughout the course of the year. Oh, I need to start doing more strength training. Or, or of course, next month, I'm going to do more strength training. And I don't. Yeah. Um, so I just, I, but yet every article you read, it's like how to achieve as a master's runner, strength training, how to slow down the slowdown, strength training. It's like everywhere in everything when it comes to, to runners of a certain age. Yeah. Um, so I have a bunch of these workouts from like 2015, 16 and training peaks, and I've printed them out and I've stapled them and I've tried to kind of replicate what I did. I paid um, a small amount of money for just an online strength program. I've found that that the latter does not work for me because it's in like a PDF format and some of the stuff, I don't actually know what it is. So I'm having to stop and, you know, Google or watch a YouTube video. Um, what's top of my mind right now is actually Sally McRae's app. Uh, 
just because there's video mm. and I I just downloaded it this week and I've been watching some of the intros. So I might give that a go, but I'm just looking for something that doesn't interfere with running that I can easily, you know, um, complement my running training schedule. And honestly, like just as much for the aesthetic of what my body looks and feels like when I'm strength training is, is a huge component of um, what I need mentally to feel like I can run fast <laughs> or run okay. fast for myself. Okay. Um, and then, uh, you know, a really big one is just, I've got to get through this first tax season as uh, really my firm owner mm-hmm. and trying to bring on kind of a fourth person right now to help with a lot of the back end stuff, just so I can be more um, work focused, but really just trying to find some balance between now and the end of tax season with maximizing everything I can and running, but also not letting the work stuff fall to the wayside. I don't have the option to do that. Mm-hmm. And then really, and my third biggest um, goal is to to kind of finalize my kids' summer plans. I know that's a little bit crazy, but it's January and I don't have them yet. And that's really bad. Mm. <laughs> so I got to keep my kids in that, in that top three. Um, mm. So it's not, I'm not like a resolution person, but I have these things that are, you know, on my mind is, is my big must do's um, as we head into 2023. So. Well, I'll say it before Eric suggested that, that I can't help you out too much with uh, being a, a CPA firm owner during tax season. But if you want a strength training accountability buddy, I'm your guy. We can start kicking off the podcast every single time in 2023 with Michelle. Did we strength train this week? <laughs> yeah, I, I <laughs> as, think as opposed to going around the horn and reminding people to read the book of the quarter. Don't forget to read the book of the quarter, everybody. Um, we can just talk about our strength training. It's really interesting because I go back to, I mean, I think maybe people who listen know her, but Eileen Torres is, she's been an Atlanta track club, road marathoner, ultra runner, kind of extraordinaire. And she actually has a background as an engineer and she's also like certified all the strength stuff. So she was my strength coach for, for a few years. And I randomly reach out to her and I'm like, how do I just like, does anyone else do what you did? How do I get back to that? And, and she had an interesting point. It was a text conversation, but she said how it's so hard to like prioritize what is not our passion. Yeah, absolutely. She herself needs the same thing. She's looking to get back into a strength routine. And of course she knows exactly what she needs to do. And, mm-hmm. but there's a reason why we can get up and run at 5. AM, but we're not going to get out of bed and go, you know, hit the weight room at 5. AM. Right. Um, right. So just a little bit of, you know, validation from her that this is like a really hard thing to, to incorporate or to nail down. Um, and I've, you know, I'm really, I'm, I'm hoping to, to make some, make up some groundwork on that. I, I, yeah. I've, I've always said that about athletes. Uh, athletes always tend to do the things that they're best at and that they enjoy the most. And there tends to be a great deal of overlap between the stuff that they're best at and the stuff they enjoy the most. Right. Um, triathletes tend to not swim as much in training because nobody likes swimming. Um, and, and most distance runners don't like strength training. Um, and, and so they tend to not do a whole lot of strength training. Um, I think it even goes down to inside the sport. Um, I think that, that there are some runners who like tempo runs better than they like short, fast repeats. And so the only workouts they ever do are tempo runs and not short, fast repeats. Um, when in fact, maybe short, fast repeats is precisely what they need to be doing. Um, and so, so yeah, I think that, that Eileen is, is totally right about that. Uh, for sure. For sure. Um, 
Good, good resolutions there, Michelle. Eric, goals, resolutions for 2023? All right. So goals, um, I, I, I try to keep these simple, and most of them aren't really related to, um, say, performance. Uh, I have a similar goal to yours, George. Uh, it's a wellness goal. It's to get back into that routine of seeing the eye doctor, mm -hmm. seeing the general practic practitioner. Um, and you know, I've, dental has never been an issue for me. Like that's just routine. And I think I need to establish a similar routine with those right. others. Exactly. And to, to tie that, or oh, I would, you talk about that on a running, you know, ultra, uh, training podcast, I'd say, because, well, those affect how I run and, sure. and whatnot. And, you know, the eyesight one, I actually have a set of glasses that I purchased specifically for running ultras, specifically because of the stigmatism I have, my lack of depth perception when the sun starts to go down behind the trees. And hmm. uh, they're not as good as they used to be. They're not as useful as they used to be. So I didn't wear them on my, you know, my last trail run uh, before Kennesaw. And I ended up jamming my ankle multiple times. I'm injured and I ended up on the ground twice. So I think that that's a, that's a way to link the two together and say, Hey, sure. if I want to perform, I need to be able to see the, see the trail. Absolutely. So that's one. Um, uh, you, you inspired me to add one. Actually, Casey inspired me to add one. I've, I've read, I think, uh, three quarters of the book of quarters, book of the quarters. So one goal, I guess an actual numerical goal is to read all four of the book of the quarters <laughs> next year. So it's a real simple one, but I, 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 I shoehorned that in between, um, this one and, and the next one. Absolutely. And the next one is related to, you know, staying healthy so that I only have, you know, 52 days a year that I'm taking off. I'm doing the, you know, one day a week uh, type. And that's both as a routine, like take that day off, which over the last few months, I think I've really gotten into that. Grace has actually really pushed me into that. She's like, I don't run on Mondays, like period. I don't run on Mondays. That's my day off. And, and so I'm, I want to, I want to do that. I, I, I put a little, you know, plus or minus 5% on that. So, you know, I'm not, I don't want to be like, it's gotta be 52 days. You know, I'm right. hurt, but Tuesday I go for a run because it's only going to be 52 days, but right. I want to, I want to put a goal out there. Um, and then the only really performance related, say race related goal is I want to run a real 100, a real ultra 100, and I want to, uh, ride 200 miles. Cool. Um, so, and that 200 miles will be on Zwift and it will, it will not be a race or anything like that. I just want to do that. I set a goal two years ago to do hundred miles and looking back, I feel like that was kind of easy. Mm -hmm. I need to, I need to set another goal. Mm -hmm. Um, that's about a, I think it's about a 10 hour. That's about a 10 hour plus, you know, on dedicated about 10 hours, period. depending on the course you choose. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's, that's significant. And then, but I, I think that that actually helps with the, the ultra, you know, trail absolutely that I want to do. So I think a, a 10 hour bike ride. So you, you said it, you said a real 100, what makes a real 100? A real mean? 100 is where it's, it's, it's by me for me. Okay. And it's off road and it's not a loop. Okay. I want to run a real 100. So I need okay. to, I need to find that real 100. I need to start planning to it and, you know, make it happen. And so that leads into my resolutions. Those are goals, kind of like things to achieve. Mm -hmm. uh, my resolution, I just have two. Um, but the first one is, you know, plan better. And I, I know I sound like a broken record, but I'm a really good coach. I can plan out for others. I have trouble planning out for myself. Yeah. I do feel like the flux in my life may be coming to a, you know, 
Are they leveling off? And I can actually get that plan in there. The pieces are there. I just need to put it down and execute it. But built into that plan, obviously, the strength and the recovery that I talked about above, uh, we talked about previously. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, it's all about establishing a routine and then sticking to the routine. So I've watched Grace do that and she's phenomenal at it. She has a Monday off. She has a Tuesday run with a friend. It's about a 10 mile run. She does it, the dinosaur run, you know, mm -hmm. the, you know, you remember the dinosaur. Yeah, I ran past the, the dinosaur during the tobacco road relay. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and then her weekends are long on Saturday, um, medium on Sunday, uh, try to throw a trail run in there when she can. And then she kind of fits the rest of it into her week, how her week goes, but she has a really good routine. It's really mm -hmm. smart. And if she doesn't have a plan, like if, if we haven't talked about a plan, she just executes her routine because right. that's, that's what you do. Right. So right. I've kind of built that. I have an idea. Mountain mist has, you know, gotten me in a, in a cycle where I'm trying to prepare for mountain mist with this. So hopefully I'm going to carry that through, you know, January and then beyond. Cool. And then the second resolution is just to run and ride smarter. Um, I, I tend to get into this and I, 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 I actually get on Michelle about this all the time and I, I do the same to grace. It's the worrying about what other people are going to see, right? Worrying about what other people are going to see in Strava. Oh, well, that mile was really slow. I need to pick it up so I get my average pace down or, or, you know, I need to do that other repeat or I need to really, I need to go this far because people see it. And I think that's a dangerous, I know that's a dangerous mindset to get into. And so I want to get out of that and say, if today's a three mile day, because it's a three mile day and that's what's on the plan or that's what's appropriate, it's going to be a three mile day at nine thirties or 10 minute miles. I'm in the middle of a run and I start thinking, what's this going to look like? And I'm like, okay, get that out of your head, get that out of your head. Mm -hmm. And I think that causes you to run stupid. Mm -hmm. You know, it may, it may look impressive but it's not part of your plan. It's not building you up for the next race. It's not appropriate. So, so, you know, so plan better and then run red smarter. So, mm -hmm. and I think one of those things too, is more riding mm -hmm. George three years ago, four years ago. No, it was our first blue Ridge relay. I remember sitting in the van and saying, come on, you're not yeah. putting all of your runs on Strava. Why yeah, are you, you doing said, that? You said, are you, you said, afraid why don't you, of people you, seeing you? You, you, said, you said, why don't you put all your runs on Strava? And I thought you weren't I, doing it I, because I you were competitive and you didn't want your competitors to see what you were doing. And you said, everything I do is on Strava. Right. And, and it's right. taken me really, I really, I really years. do run that little. <laughs> yeah. It's taken me four or five years to realize that I can get the same workout with less impact on the bike. I really can. Yeah. And, and that's important. And I, I need to continue doing that. So, right you know, as I, George, you and I are going to be, a little older by the end of this year, right? Yeah, yeah. You're gonna be, you're gonna be, you're gonna be the big five zero. I am not. I'm gonna be I the big going four to, nine. I'm gonna move into the five zero group uh, right. at the end of at the end of or the beginning of December. So, yep. you know, I just I just need to be smart. So, those are my goals and resolutions. Good resolutions, good goals. I am on board with all of the above. Um, you do remind me, Eric, of course, and this is a nice way to wrap up the year. Don't forget, everybody, to read the book of the quarter. Running Wild Black by Allison Mariella Desir. Um, I uh, look forward to discussing that with y'all over the course of the next couple of weeks here in one of our first podcasts of 2023. Michelle and Eric, I will say here to, to wrap up 2022, how much I enjoy spending time with both of you uh, on the podcast. It's always an hour or so each week or so that I look forward to uh, just discussing uh, to say nothing of the amount of texts that we send back and forth to one another in between podcasts. So you are both my good friends and I value the, uh, the time that we spend together. 
I echo that. This is fun. This has always been fun. I'm glad that we've uh, that you guys have integrated me into this. Um, I miss it when I'm not here, and I appreciate that you guys say that you miss it when I'm not here. Also, absolutely. Um, so uh, yeah, I think that this is this has been a lot of fun, and I'm really looking forward to actually running with both of you, and uh, during Mountain Mist on the 28th. Um, me and too. just I'm looking forward to all of 2023, all the podcasts, all the text messages. I'm looking forward to everything. Me too. Michelle, you don't have to say anything cheesy. We know you're not wired for it. <laughs> cool. <laughs> happy, uh, happy New Year's, Michelle. Uh, glad mean, you're here. I have plenty of cheesy moments, but they aren't typically like this. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Uh, uh, happy New Year, Eric. Thanks for being here. Happy Thank New Year, guys. Always fun. Thanks again for listening to the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash pleasantpodcast, on Twitter at pleasantpodcast, or on Instagram, Most Pleasant Exhaustion. We're available on Stitcher, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, so share us with your friends. Don't forget that we're sponsored by ITL Coaching and Performance, who you can find at itlcoaching.com, on Twitter at itlcoaching, on Facebook at facebook.com slash itlcoachingperformance, and on Instagram, ITL Coaching. We're also sponsored by Blue Pineapple Travel, bluepineappletravel.com, facebook.com slash bluepineappletravel, and on Instagram, bluepineappletravel. And finally, don't forget we're sponsored by SlayRx. That's slayrx.com, facebook.com slash here for SlayRx. That's the number four, SlayRx. Twitter, at official SlayRx, and Instagram, here for Slay RX, the number four Slay RX. Discount code Pleasant22. On behalf of Michelle Frank, Patrick Ollinger, and Eric Hall, I'm George Darden. Thanks for listening to the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast.